I'm Dr. Brian Goldman, host of the CBC podcast, The Dose. Each week, we answer health topics in a smart and sometimes counterintuitive way you won't hear anywhere else. Like, what's the least amount of exercise I can do to get the benefits? Which psychedelics can improve my mental health? And how can I check for cancer if I don't have a family doctor? Top experts help me bring you what you need to know in plain language in about 20 minutes. Find The Dose on the CBC Listen app or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. It's time for Ask Me Anything, the Alberta Election Edition. This election, Albertans have a choice between a UCP government that has lowered taxes, balanced the budget, and returned Alberta to its place as the economic powerhouse of Canada. Or we can choose to go backward. This election is about trust, and it's about leadership. You know you can't trust Danielle Smith. So my offer to you is this. I will work every day to be the premier you deserve. I think it's going to be one of the most fascinating elections by sheer virtue of the fact that it's going to be a close election. And Alberta's provincial election is tomorrow. You've heard from Daniel Smith of the United Conservative Party and Rachel Notley of the NDP, one of whom will be voted in as Alberta's next premier. And whether you're following this from within the province or from elsewhere in the country, you've probably seen the headlines describing this election campaign as nasty or prickly certainly has been tense and it's been close. That's what all the polls suggest, closer than previous races in this province. And now Jason Markusoff is here to take your calls and answer your questions. He's a writer with CBC in Calgary. Jason has been covering Alberta for nearly 20 years with Maclean's Magazine, the Calgary Herald, the Edmonton Journal, and probably has never been busier than he's been in the last, I don't know, Jason, the last 48 hours or so. You seem to be everywhere answering all kinds of questions, and now you get a chance to answer our callers' questions. You can ask him anything. You can call us at 1-888-416-8333. You can also text us at 226-758-8924. Jason, thanks for joining us. Hello. So a lot of our listeners, of course, are outside of Alberta, probably not been uh, following this as closely, certainly, as, as you have been. Is there anything about this election that you think is, is relevant or even just notable for people in the rest of the country? I feel like it's my sense, based on all the chatter, all the national interest in this election, that if there has been a provincial election you've been following from out of province uh, in the last few years, it's, it's this one. And a big part of that is just the narrative that just that Alberta is at a really interesting place right now. We have on one side the this rather conservative, uh, very populist conservative uh, had spouted anti-vaccine COVID skepticism. Um, you know, had advocated private health care previously. Uh, Premier Danielle Smith on one side, and on the other side, uh, there's Rachel Notley, the former NDP premier. Uh, from a province that nobody ever expected to have NDP premier until uh, their surprise win eight years ago. Now the big question is, do they stick with this person who may be farther to the right than most Albertans, or do they return to the, uh, at this time, vote NDP with eyes wide open, not just as a uh, frazzled, uh, frustrated uh, rejection of the old PCC dynasty from before. So this is a, these are two very, very different uh, offerings, um, very different, a lot of very controversial things that both of them have in their past that they're kind of trying to run 
away from. And uh, the other reason that this is an interesting election for the country um, is because of Alberta's big contribution to climate change and global warming, given our big oil sector. Um, Canada must, most Canadians must know that uh, there's no way for Canada to meet its climate uh, emission targets without uh, serious intervention for, or serious pr- participation from Alberta. Um, so there's a lot at stake uh, in this uh, in this election, uh, both from a narrative interesting perspective and uh, from a real policy perspective, too. And, and in terms of that polarization, I, I think it's easy for people outside the province to not like like to misunderstand a couple of things. So I'm going to say these, and Jason, you're the expert on this, not me. But But first of all, that the NDP could win basically a two-party election um, would be astounding in this province because even though they did win back in whatever year that was, 2015, it really was only, I think, because the right was split, right, between the, the Conservatives and what, the Wild Rose Party. If that split hadn't happened, I don't think the NDP would have had a chance to, to win. And then the second thing is, this is a province that, yes, has some people that are definitely very much right of center, but also has a lot of moderate conservatives and, you know, centrist people. Uh, and, and they felt at home with uh, the Conservative Party over the years. So I feel like, but Jason, you tell me, what's different this time around is that the NDP is hoping to win an election where the right of center vote is not split. And secondly, that the right of center leader, as you said, is... I mean, probably further right than a lot of her predecessors. But what's your analysis of that? That's right. Uh, in 2015, when Notley won, uh, they won with just a bit over 40% of the vote. In some writings, they barely won a third of their uh, of their votes. Um, then when Jason Kenney, in, uh, before the 2019 election, consolidated the old Wild Rose and um, progressive conservative factions into the UCP, in some writings... Uh, Rachel Notley's uh, party actually rose their uh, grew their vote from uh, the previous election, but that was not enough um, because the because the right had consolidated and you'd lost a few people uh, off to the middle off to, you know from the more old moderate red Tory tent um, last year uh, last time, but it was not enough. Most people stayed with uh, United Conservatives rejected Notley. Um, so this time, one of the things we're seeing then uh, Rachel Notley go after really really hard is trying to peel off more moderates, more of these uh, kind of old red Tory voters in Alberta um, to uh, consolidate the the kind of the center center, center left, and a little bit of the center right to uh, overtake uh, Danielle Smith. But that's proven challenging. Um, A lot of people are uh, heeding Danielle Smith's economic message, just simple, hard on low taxes, um, growing the economy, uh, saying that things were bad in Ontario, things were bad in uh, in Alberta under Rachel Notley. I say Ontario because I was getting ahead of myself. It feels a lot to me, and I I grew up in Ontario, um, the same message that uh, liberals, more so conservatives, have used uh, to bash uh, the NDP in the wake of uh, Bob Ray's uh, mm-hmm. government in the 1990s. Uh, you hear a lot of that, or a lot of the same kind of messaging uh, is coming out now. But but to your other point, yeah, Alberta is changing. It's a changing province. Um, as people get younger, there is, it seems like there's more moderation. Um, people are more embracing uh, the realities of uh, of climate change. Certainly, corporate Calgary has. They know uh, that that's you know that there's not much financial future in uh, ignoring. Uh, the problem. Uh, you've seen companies uh, go to net zero before the premiers and politicians uh, do here. And yeah, there's more urban, more of an urban sensibilities here. Uh, in a way, uh, Calgary and Edmonton, while they still vote federally conservative, may be start to behaving more like a Vancouver or a Toronto or Winnipeg uh, provincially, uh, where they are, you know, they're the moderate cores around with uh, the rural, more conservative base around them. 
We're here with Jason Markasov, and uh, I'm going to go to calls uh, in just a moment. It's our Ask Me Anything, and our number is 1-888-416-8333. We already have people standing by, Jason, uh, with questions. But before I go to those, let me ask you one more thing right now. Uh, I've seen a lot of people talk about the tone of this election, described it as nasty. Uh, Given your uh, experience here as a reporter in Alberta, what would you say about, about the tone of this campaign this time around? There was one Politico, uh, I won't say which side he was on, um, but who said to me, half the province hates Rachel Notley and don't want to vote NDP. Half the province hates Daniel Smith and don't want to vote UCP. And both sides are saying, don't vote for the other side, vote for me. I'm the safe, reasonable choice. Um, uh, there's a lot of that going on. I mean, yes, a lot. Yes, they're both touting their own promises, their own policies, um, but a lot of it is contrast. It's that I am, you know, Daniel Smith is p- pitching herself as a reasonable, um, stable choice, and Dan- Rachel Notley is uh, is you know, really, really going hard on that and saying trust and leadership. Um, so the, uh, the winner is going to be the one who did a better job of uh, arguing that point to Albertans. Jason Markasov is here to answer your questions. Our number is 1-888-416-8333. Doug Revel is calling us from Salmon Arm, British Columbia. Hi, Doug. Hi, Ian. How are you doing? I'm you doing and I've really... chatted a couple t- You and I have chatted a couple of times, so it's good to chat with you again. Yes. And, the, and you sent my friend Aaron your tie for his wedding, and I think that was such a class act and very cool. Well, I was happy to do that. And, and so, um, yeah, that was, uh, I, I was glad for the opportunity. Uh, what's your question for Jason, Doug? So it's kind of, you've actually kind of answered my question, but my question is kind of a twofold question. So at the end of the day, after the election, how, and it could be provincially or um, civilly or federally, but how, you know, all the parties, for example, the NDP and the UCP, have said really, really nasty things about the other person and the other parties to the public. Um, so how, at the end of the day, after the election, how do they actually come back together and how did they work things out? I understand they all have to have a thick skin, but at the end of the day, yes, they're, you know, one is the sitting government and one is the opposition. They still have to work together. And, you know, like, how do they get over the animosity? So that's question number one. And question number two, we'll use the two ladies. Are Like, while the cameras are on them, they're not really friends. But when, you know, when, when the cameras are off and when they're out of the ledge, are they friends? Are they like professional athletes that when they're on, their, when they're on the ice, they're like mortal enemies? But when they're off the proverbial ice, are they actually friends? Those are such terrific questions, Doug, and I am eager to hear the answer. And, you know, sometimes in the AMA, a question gets asked and I think, uh-oh, our expert's not really going to be able to weigh in on that one. But, uh, Jason, you see these two leaders away from the cameras. Are are they as chilly towards each other as uh, they appear to be on camera? Well, a lot of them I'm going to have to guess at because there's not been a lot of time where they've been, uh, you know, one-on-one. Normally, you know, when we see them, uh, you know, they're in kind of con- com- composite pictures um, <laughs> or the debate or, uh, you know, standing um, at the opposite end of a question period um, badgering each other. Um, you know, it, they used to be actually much tighter um, back in uh, bef- around 2012 or so when Rachel Notley was an NDP backbencher and Danielle Smith was the Wild Rose party leader and they had common cause uh, when they were both opposing the uh, Tory government, even though they were wildly um, ideologically opposite. 
Um, now it's different. Now, you know, they actually haven't spent much time uh, together. In fact, the first time we actually got photos of the two of them meeting uh, was during this campaign and this wild event that happened in the middle of the campaign, the, the wildfires. Mm-hmm. Um, at, at this moment uh, in the the second weekend of the camp or the first weekend of the campaign, sorry, where uh, Rachel Notley actually met with Daniel Smith to get briefed on uh, the wildfire situation and to offer her experience from when she was premier in 2016 and for McMurray Bird. Um, I don't know if they really respect each other a whole lot. Um, I think that both of them have, uh, they're very ideologically different. Um, so I'm not sure about that. To your mm-hmm. other question about the animosity between the, the government and the uh, opposition, uh, after this all settles, um, I don't know if either side is going to see the need to uh, come together. They, you know, it, the way, especially in a binary election where there's no chance of there being a minority government, um, the UCP can govern or the NDP can govern if they win with the majority they have and the other side will uh, lump it. Now, all indications are that we're going to have a much closer legislature. Right now we have 60, for better or worse, 63 uh, 63 UCP, uh, 24 NDP. Uh, nobody's expecting it to be as wide. We're expecting a much slighter one. There are some people who think it could be, you know, 44 or 43, bare majority, when all kinds of crazy situations um, happen there. As a, a BC resident, you'd remember that uh, from the 2017 election, mm-hmm. I'm sure, uh, Doug. Um, but the other one I wonder, just to, to build on that question, is how how the uh, the side that loses the populace that loses uh, responds to the fact that the side they didn't want wins. That's going to be a big challenge. I think we're going to see if uh, Rachel Notley wins, um, we're going to see a lot of people uh, in disbelief on the conservative side, maybe even some skepticism, all of what happened after Donald Trump lost in the States. On the other side, if Danielle Smith loses, I think we're going to hear a lot of people talking about maybe this isn't the Alberta they wanted to live in anymore. Maybe they'll move. Um, There's going to be a lot of reckoning and a lot of uh, very hard feelings, um, no matter who wins this election and uh, that is something that uh, whoever wins uh, will have to be uh, a statesperson about. That's so unfortunate to hear, right? Because an election should be this really positive expression of democracy and the best person wins, the best party wins, and then you, you know, you you build your society. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I've heard the same thing uh, from, you know, one province over, but people uh, who I think are going to find it very hard to lose and uh, supporters of one party are going to lose. So we'll see what that is like. Hey, my name is Jamie Poisson, and I'm the host of FrontBurner. It's the CBC's daily news podcast. And every day we're discussing the big events and fault lines shaping Canada and the world. Politics, economics, social movements, you name it. Sometimes we even talk about really fun stuff like the enduring relevance of Lord of the Rings. You can hear FrontBurner on CBC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts. Let's go to our next caller, all the way from Alberta to Nova Scotia. Joanne Light is in Annapolis County. Hi, Joanne. Hi, Ian. How are Hi. you? Good, good, thanks. So yes, I'm really um, curious to hear, as you watch this election from oh. so far away, what, what's your question for Jason? Yeah, well, uh, my cousin actually lives in Medicine Hat and oh. Daniel Smith's riding, and I read the uh, Alberta Views magazine. Mm-hmm. So I'm... Um, my, my area of interest with this election and, you know, any other election that comes up, um, I find that with some of the issues that are of great concern with people, it's sort of like one party is, I'll get, 
say, for example, the issues around the pandemic and the trans movement of, of um, you know, the social issues of treating young people, you know, that are sort of coming out of the con- conservative block, mm-hmm. uh, um, whereas normally... I would be on the the NDP. I've always voted NDP. Mm-hmm. So I'm just wondering if there's any movement like going one way or another because of these issues that are quite in people's minds right away. About so, so by movement, do you mean do you do you mean by movement do you mean people who let's say traditionally would have voted for one party um, are going to vote? F- you know, maybe being moved yeah. to to support a different party because some yeah. of the issues in the campaign. About yeah. that particular issue, that yeah. it, was, it must be confusing. I think. For, yeah. For okay. Me. Thanks, Joanne. Jason. The. I think a lot of us were watching uh, to see where if votes would shift, and I think what what she's asking was why. Um, given some of those controversial things, voters haven't shifted further away from the uh, UCP and more toward the NDP, which wasn't uh, raising some of these uh, major controversies. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that Daniel Smith needs to be really focused on, uh, not just during the campaign, but ever since becoming premier, is moving away from those controversial issues, trying to be very mainstream, very much with an eye of habit that the fact that the election was coming right up as you know she got elected last October. So you know the clock was ticking on this uh, May 29th election. Um, they knew that they had to jettison a lot of the things that Daniel Smith herself had said and other candidates had said in the past. Um, so even though those things came up, uh, during the election, uh, I think uh, uh, Joanne might be alluding to this uh, galling comment um, from one uh, candidate who's no longer going to be uh, with the UCP if she wins, uh, Jennifer Johnson and Lacompanoka, who said very disparaging things about uh, trans students, just just shocking things that even Danielle Smith uh, couldn't stand behind and had to jettison her um, from her caucus, at least at the outset. Or this uh, this thing Danielle Smith was exposed to saying uh, a couple of years ago, uh, saying that anybody who uh, supported vaccines, uh, well, they were kind of like the uh, Germans who uh, blithely uh, let uh, Hitlerism and Nazism rise mm-hmm. uh, decades ago. Um, they so those were controversies that came up. Um, why didn't they move people? Um, I think part of it was because uh, that Daniel Smith was trying to run away from those in the present, saying that's not me right now. That was me a couple of years ago. Uh, that is not me right now. I'm this very different person. That was just me being a kind of a shock jock on radio because uh, she was a radio broadcaster or recovering radio broadcaster at that time. Uh, I'm premier. I'm somebody different. Um, and it, it's that in the past, in 2012, people might know the Lake of Fire uh, situation where Daniel Smith, when Wild Rose Leader, had some very controversial candidates uh, saying homophobic and racist things, and she stood by them. Um, and people moved, migrated to the Progressive Conservative Party, the old government governing party. Well, this time, for people to leave Daniel Smith and the UCP, they'd have to go to a party that's not considered the safe Harbor Party, the traditional party of Alberta. The NDP, uh, for a lot of people, is a big step to take. Um, and like we said earlier, De- Rachel Notley, to win, needs way more voters than voted for her in 2015 or 19 uh, to win. So uh, for a lot of people, uh, they are, for them, they're not sure where Safe Harbor is. Either they stay with the UCP reluctantly, uh, they don't vote, maybe a few of them go to the NDP. 
Yeah, I, and I would underscore that based on, you know, in a very unscientific way, people that I've spoken to in Alberta over the last few days, it is a, you know, if you are a rock solid uh, right of center supporter, have been throughout your entire life, a lot of them that I talk to, it, it is a big jump for them to, to consider voting NDP. Something huge would have to push them uh, to do that. And has that happened during the campaign? I guess we'll get a sense of that tomorrow. Um, our number is one 416 This is Cross Country Checkup. I'm in Edmonton today. Jason Markusoff is in Calgary, and we are giving you an opportunity to ask him questions about the Alberta election. You can ask him anything. And Kelly Patrick is calling from Ottawa. Hi, Kelly. Hi, Ian. How are you? I'm doing really well. I, I love your question. Why don't you put it to Jason now? Well, where's Peter Lougheed when you need him? Um, so I'll preface this with I was born and raised in Saskatoon, so that meant we drove to Calgary to do anything like skiing or even shop at Ikea. So I'm in Ottawa now, but I still care about Alberta. I want to know what is important to Albertans, because all I hear is this divisive politics, which is great for CBC. And I'm just going to say one thing. I want to hear more about Alberta. I don't want to hear about American politics on Q or The Current. But I'm asking Jason, what is important to Albertans? Because is it health care? Because I need to hear something that is familiar as a Canadian, because I want to know if there's still a part of the union, right? Because I, I think a lot of Canadians are very tired of the divisive conversation and the dialogue, and we're getting it through media, and I'm not getting the story about what what do Albertans want in 2023? Do they believe in climate change? I want to believe they do. What's Sonova doing? What is, what is Albertans doing that is somewhat common to the rest of us as Canadians um, want to do moving forward? So thank you. There's my question. Thanks, Kelly. I, I, thanks, Kelly. That, those are great questions. I appreciate them. Uh, I, in this election, uh, it doesn't seem like there's one thing Albertans are concerned about. In the last election, when Jason Kenney won a very strong majority, um, people were all about uh, jobs, the economy, and pipelines back when uh, Alberta was struggling coming out of a recession. Um, this time, jobs and the economy are, you know, like almost anywhere in Canada, people want to feel safe in their jobs, want to feel like the economy is growing, that this is a place of um, economic progress, uh, strength, stability. Um, that is big, but also healthcare. That I think that's a really uniting force um, across the country is that after COVID or after the the, the, the blunt edge of the pandemic, I guess I would say, um, it, th things are strained. People are finding it hard to find a doctor. Ambulance wait times are up. Uh, surgical wait times are up. Um, you know, sometimes hospitals, uh, hospital wards have to close, like maternity wards have to close because they can't find staff. Um, a lot of anxiety and edges on that. Um, it, it would seem that Rachel Notley and the NDP would be the default place to go if you want to support strong public services, especially given some of the things that Daniel Smith has said in the past about privatizing and making people pay for their health care. But the ND, the UCP have actually been really working hard since uh, Jace, since uh, Jason Kenney left and Daniel Smith uh, came in to uh, try to improve or at least being being seen as improving the system because they realized that that is a big liability for their party and that people are really worried about the uh, time it was taken to get an ambulance, to get surgery, to get seen by a doctor. Um, so those are two uh, major issues. In terms of climate change, it, you know, oddly it hasn't been talked about much in this campaign, even though there is this these choking wildfires and this smoke that that's been blanketing um, out cities like Calgary, Edmonton, and Red Deer for uh, for much of this uh, writ period. Mm -hmm. uh, I think there's a certain sensitivity 
that people feel, especially uh, people, politicians, both in NDP and UCP, feel that if they talk too much about climate change, go too hard on that, saying that you know oil, uh, that they feel like they'd be worried about demonizing the oil sector, which so many people rely on for their jobs in this mm-hmm. uh, province, is a tricky thing. It's almost like um, you know that old terrible Kim Campbell adage that elections are not the time to talk about climate change in Alberta. <laughs> Yeah, interesting paraphrase and quite uh, apropos of uh, what Kim Campbell said. What was it now? Forty years ago, maybe during a campaign. Anyway, or thank are we you. Using, no, I think we're using. A, yeah, right. We're using a thirty-year-old reference here. Gosh. That's okay. No, no, no. <laughs> I, I, I actually I support that. I, I like thirty-year-old references. Um, listen, we have so two I minutes. Know. We we have two minutes left, and I want to ask you a question. Actually, uh, dovetails very much with that, and I may have to cut you off, Jason, if we get too close to the end here. Beth Gerard is a new market. She got in touch with us via air check. She asks, the oil industry is the heart of Alberta's economy, so how can anyone get elected without either currying favour with big oil or not mentioning it, but then risk being called a liar if they try to address the impact of oil on climate change once they're elected? Jason? Yeah, like I said, uh, Rachel Notley has not made a big issue of uh, of climate change, uh, nor has Danielle Smith. Both of them are uh, presenting net zero plans uh, by 2050. The stringency and uh, firmness and caveats around them are going to be very different between the two. Um, look, when Rachel Notley was uh, premier, she came in promising this big shakeup, maybe making suggesting that she'd review the uh, royalty rates that companies had to pay and uh, make them pay more. Um, she moved off that pretty quickly. She became a big champion of pipelines, uh, even though she brought in a carbon tax. She was uh, doing things very much in lockstep and tandem in uh, collaboration with uh, with the industry. Um, we uh, both sides know uh, what the dominant industry is, and it's both popular and winds up being good pragmatic public policy um, to uh, not get too far ahead of where they want to be. Um, sometimes there is a risk of a politician, especially on the right, um, actually being behind where the oil patch is on uh, climate change. They realize where the financial market is going. They realize where investors are going, and they're trying to get more more assertive on climate change sometimes than uh, conservative leaders want to be because they uh, they played more to the old uh, the old arguments the old uh, myths on uh, climate change and uh, you know there not being a chance to reduce emissions and grow the economy at the same time uh, you see to some extent both Daniel Smith and Richard Notley uh, now say, talking about that. Thirty seconds left, Jason. So, quick answer to this one: Tomorrow night, there's a hockey game on the main CBC channel. CBC News Network will have the Alberta election. I assume everything is about Calgary. What are you going to be looking at tomorrow when the results start to roll in? Yeah, there are these five, four suburban ridings in uh, in kind of the the outer, kind of the second ring around the core mm-hmm. of Calgary um, that are kind of make or break. Um, but the challenge, the reason the, the, the UCP are probably favored is because the NDP probably has to win three of those, three of the four mm-hmm. uh, to win because there is this outsized small town rural um, stronghold that the uh, UCP has, whereas the NDP has Edmonton wrapped up, but it's a smaller one. So the right. uh, UCP, uh, sorry, the NDP has to do really, really well if they want to changing government and the polls are not showing that's incredibly likely okay jason thank you so much for being our guest oh this was fun thanks jason marcus writer and producer with cbc in calgary and that's where we reached him this afternoon for more cbc podcasts go to cbc.ca slash podcasts